it's Steph Thompson here, just sharing a couple of points with you before we jump into this conversation that was recorded live last night. We do have, and unfortunately, a little bit of an echo in the background with my voice. Try and just block that out. Good news, we are working with Podbean really hard to make sure that this doesn't happen for next month when we go live again. And I will ask you to go into this, tune in with an open mind. The reason why I love this show so much is because you can have two people who have two very different perspectives and two very different ways of thinking about something, but still be able to come together and have a respectful conversation where in actual fact, you might just actually learn something. So at the very end, I've also recorded a couple of reflections because this conversation went in a way that was unexpected and I'm really thankful for that. It's awesome. All the links will also be in the show notes. If you're interested in finding out any further information, you can just click on those. But for now, sit back and enjoy. Hello and welcome to The Lowdown with Brave Mama. It is just going on 6pm here in Australia, which means our guest in Dubai today, It's I think it's clicking over in the morning for her there. We are talking with Shani from Shani and Julius. A lot of people know her as the fitness guru who really focus on a whole range of exercise programs. We can see already that we probably have some of her amazing community already joining us. So hello to those listeners. Maybe give us a little bit of information about you in the chat. Give us a one if you're one of Shani's lovely community members. Awesome. Fantastic. What we'll do is we will actually uh, just wait for her. She's actually going to be our co-host tonight because this is your opportunity as the listeners to tune in, but also be part of the conversation, right? Podbean has this amazing function where as Shani and I are talking and we get to hear her story and learn all about her fitness programs, especially the strong core and pelvic floor. That's the one that's a main interest to me. Oh, here's Shani now, which is awesome. Great to see you there. Now, just you can probably jump in as the co-host now. If you've uh, got I'm, I'm just new to this, guys. So I'm sorry. Um, I'm just trying to get on my phone. I've had the iPad out. I'm like, I've got to make this work. I'll have every device available. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my friend. Welcome. Okay, so am I, if you got me, can you see me or is this just audio? It's audio. So it's just like a radio station. Oh, okay, cool. Got it. So now how do I co-host with you, Gorgeous? Do I just press something? You're on. You're in. Oh, well, great. You're doing it. (laughs) How funny is technology, right? Oh, it is. And I've never done this one before. So I was like, okay, surely I can work this out. (laughs) <laughs> well, you have. Bravo. Because um, Podbean do make it quite easy and I love that their technology just works. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. How, how are you? Really, really good. Um, our house is always crazy because we have a lot of kids. Yeah. So I've said, Mummy's just going to be one hour, okay, so you can't be banging at the door. You've got to keep yourself busy. If you need something, ask Daddy. <laughs> I love that. I absolutely love that. Tonight, do you know what I had to do? Because it's it's night time here in Australia. Yeah. I had to get my mum to take the kids to her house because they're only four and five, or sorry, four and six. So that whole get daddy to help you thing, it just doesn't work. 
it's like, oh, but they just end up knocking on the door for something. Mum, I just want to know, have you seen Barbie's other shoe? (laughs) It's so important, Mum. It's really urgent. I need to speak to you right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. Look, I can see that we've actually got some of your community with us tonight too, which is amazing. So I'm guessing they are located throughout the world, right? Yeah, it is really cool. Like there's a bunch of amazing, amazing women women from all over, from everywhere. It's really cool to be able to bring everyone together under one community. So you're going to just make friends from everywhere that you would never have made friends with before. Yes, yes. Well, I did mention to um, our community that you're in Dubai at the moment so they can hear your Aussie accent but it could be a little bit confusing because you're living in Dubai right now. How amazing is that? Yeah, well, we actually didn't plan on living in Dubai. It's just when COVID hit, we were in Japan because we left Australia in t- end of 2016 to actually just travel the world. Our eldest son wanted to go to Los Angeles for his acting career. So um, we were already looking at homeschooling and Julia said, what if we just sell everything we own and kind of disappear into the world for a few years. If we don't like it, we'll just come back. So we left for Bali for two months and then went on to Singapore and we kind of just five years later have still been going. But obviously with COVID, um, that put a halt to everything. So in Japan at the time, we'd spent three months travelling through Japan and then we got our way to Dubai um, and we've just kind of been here pretty much since because travel's a little bit restrictive at the moment, especially for Australians. I want to see my family and I can't see anybody. Because <laughs> you guys can't come back just yet. Not at all, no. I mean, we got our eldest son back in and it was very, very challenging to get him back in, but he is Australian. He's a citizen, um, so we had to get special permission. He had to go on a waiting list. Wow. Uh, he wanted to go back to his friends because he's 25, so he's got friendships that he's had all his life and sure, Brisbane sure. is home for him, so he for his own mental health, just needed to be back with his friends and stuff. So we got him back in, yep. but it wasn't deemed urgent to get all of us back in. There's more people that we believe is more urgent too. So we just didn't want to take up seven more spots when there's seven other people that it's more urgent. So we're happy to wait out and allow other Australians to get back into the country prior to us. You are so generous in everything <laughs> you know, that you do. I just know it's really stressful for some people. Hey, they can't get back. Um, so hopefully it all works out. But at the moment, um, no uh, no one's allowed in or out of Australia. Very exclusive. <laughs> I think Monday was, it, we've just kind of been advised here on the news that Monday Australians are allowed to fly out of Australia. Oh, that's be- amazing news. Yeah, Is that for be- everybody? I think it's only for double vaxxed people. Okay, and is that sort of every state or just New South Wales? Do you know what? I couldn't answer that correctly because I try not to watch the news as much as possible because it's just so stressful. (laughs) Yeah, I know it is. I love listening to an Australian accent though. I'm a really creepy (laughs) person when I hear an Australian. It's like they're family and they're my best friends and they're like, you're freaking me out. Because we, we miss Australians so much that when we meet someone and I can obviously understand it, I can pick an Australian accent really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it's really exciting <laughs> for us. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. Because you've been gone for so long. I mean, yeah, 2016 yeah. is quite yeah. a significant amount of time. So do you mind if we find out a little bit about, about you and the family? Yeah, sure, definitely. 
Awesome. So I would like to know who, and I think our listeners and even your own community, people always love behind the scenes, right? So could you share with us a little bit about who was Shani before becoming a mum? Well, I have been a mum. I gave birth to our first baby when I just turned 16. So I've been a mum more than my life, like for most of my life. So I actually, that's who I identify with is being a mother. I feel like I've been through every, most journeys that most women and mums have been through. I've been through it because, I mean, I was a mum at 16. Well, I just turned 16 when I gave birth, like literally just turned 16. Um, I have got six kids. I've just kind of been through what I feel is a big part of motherhood and changing from being that single woman or I was a single girl into um, into that. So for me, I just feel connected with mothers. I feel like I, I, I get them so much. I understand they're going through. I can feel their heart. Um, yeah. So that's kind of really for me um, where my happy place is, is helping other, other mothers just be their best self and know that they're worth it, they're beautiful, they're sexy, they're intelligent <laughs> and they can be whoever they want to be. Just because you're a mother doesn't mean you can't identify with being sexy anymore and you've got to change yeah. that. We've all got that sexiness in us, you know. We all have that burning fire inside us but as we have children we just kind of disconnect from it um, through you know our pelvic floor giving way and there's just so much that goes on for us as women and um, postnatal depression is a huge problem I believe that we don't get enough support on as women like it kind of almost gets disregarded as something that's not important but I feel like if women could be supported through those first few years of motherhood the hormones all over the place and feeling like you're in a hole and you don't know how to get out. Our bodies are changing. There's so much going on with lack of sleep, nipples hurting, you know, everything goes on. The whole gamut, and yeah. It's almost like we're meant to just jump back up and be this amazing superwoman when postnatal depression is so real um, as well. So for me, I just feel like if women are supported and loved in the right way, they would come out the other end of postnatal depression a lot quicker and they'd bounce back a lot quicker. Um, yeah, so I've got a real, that's just where I feel happiest is helping other mothers. You can feel it's your passion. And you know what? I love that you shared that because nowhere have I been able to read that that is your story. So I didn't know that you're a mum at 16. That's amazing. And then you're a mum five more times. So pretty much you've had a baby with each kind of generation, right? Yeah, yeah. So I really, I guess, even at Josh is 25 and so we've had that teenager, we've had the babies. I feel like I've kind of staged through every um, part of motherhood so I can kind of relate to women that have had got older kids, women that have got sure. newborns. Like I can really relate to every stage having the older, our older son and also him being 25 now, he's still truly like they still need mum. Like he, him yeah. transitioning into adulthood, you think, you know, kids turn 18 and then they're kind of independent and that's not the case at all. They really have this transitional phase where you must treat them like an adult. They need mm-hmm. to be respected like an adult. Don't tell them what to do. Don't yeah. coach them on life, but please give us money. Please still support <laughs> us and just be there if we need you, but don't give me advice because I won't listen. <laughs> Uh, There's that kind of stage they go through because they really want independence and they don't want you to, they don't want to be a child anymore, but they're still learning to be an adult. So it's, yeah, that kind of phase we just went through. 
Yes. And yes. Um, he's kind of coming out this other side now um, of that. So, yeah, it's it's motherhood is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So a lot of people say that to you because our kids are still so quite young. I think, oh, we're coming through the the hard stuff, you know, having a two kids under two. When they kind of get to that three and four, you think, oh, I can come up from air. And then everyone says to you, uh-uh, it actually gets harder but in a different way. So physically maybe easier but mentally and emotionally it gets harder. And I'm like, no, don't tell me that. I just want to live in this bliss. <laughs> yeah. I honestly like for I miss the stage where Julius doesn't. He's he he loves that they're all out of nappies and everything's yeah. a lot more independent now. With our youngest is five. Yes. Um, but for me, that stage where they're little toddlers, two, three, even one, it just goes by so fast. So if I could oh, yeah. turn back time, I wish I could have been less stressing about other things and just more in the moment all the time with them. Um, so I feel like um, if I could give any piece of advice when you're going through that really blurry stage of exhaustion, um, feeling like you're not getting enough sleep, your hormones are still kind of not back to where they normally are and there's just yep. a lot going on emotionally for us as women, um, oh, gotcha. you know, crying, happy, like straight, like there's just all these emotions going on in the day. If you can just sit down, forget the house, forget the filth, it'll it'll work itself out, you'll get there, but just sit <laughs> and be present with your kids because um, it goes what, by so fast. <clears throat> that's so hard even within itself, right, because if I have to be honest, I, my background is in early childhood teachers, so I've always loved children and I've always loved playing with children, but now I have two of my own. I, I was like you, I wanted six kids at 26. I was had it in my head. I said to my nan, I'm going to have 20, I'm going to have six kids and I'm going to have them all by the time I'm 26. And she looked at me, she said, um, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, I mean, that's a whole nother journey. But when I sat down to play with my kids, I quite often start thinking, oh, but I've got to do this. And then I've got to do that. And then even when I try to ignore it, when you go to play with them, you're like five minutes and it feels like you've been sitting there for two hours, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, yeah. Are we still yeah and there's that? always, you feel like there's always something to do. Oh, I've got to reply to that email yes, or I should yes. quickly do the dishes or I should quickly just put that load of washing on or I should quickly do this. But then the whole day goes by and I feel like, especially because we've got so many, I want to give them each a moment of my time and being yep. present in what they're into in that moment, whether it be Lego or something or a little toy or a book or doing something. And I just truly wish, looking back now, I had done more and more of that because they're the moments, I guess, that matter because the dishes okay. are always good. There's going to, always going to be more dishes. There's always going to be. But I just feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves as mothers to try and do everything that um, oh, and we want the house clean and we want to do this. We've got to pick up the toys and sometimes it can just, the mess can just stay there for an hour. Who cares? While you just sit and it feels nice in your heart, I think, to really connect with your kids as tired as you are. It kind of, well, it takes my stress away, I find. So I, I feel that. like if I could tell myself, that um 
that's what I tell myself. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I just shared a post actually. I can't even remember who it was from, but it was brilliant. Is that your house will never be clean. Your things will (laughs) will never actually be done as in your language will never be clean either, which is quite funny. I resonated with that. Um, But I just feel like that's so true. No matter how many loads of washing you put on, guess what? Tomorrow it seems like it's all just come back and it's multiplied. overnight yeah yeah I know it's crazy but having that being present in the moment actually shiny I think it's something you almost have to learn how to do right I I agree with you because our minds are so busy with everything going on or maybe there's something stressful you're thinking of and we just really struggle to be present and it is a practice to really go you know right now I'm for five the next 10 minutes I'm literally going to read this toddler book and and be there with my child and forget everything else you've got to keep practicing that it's such a practiced thing being present and do you find that when you do that which we do when you're when you're present and you give them that full attention of yourself they're so much better in oh, they're happier hey yeah yes. and they're not acting out because they feel like they've had your time they don't expect they don't want much they're quite happy um, especially when you've got more kids and you've got to divide your time against two or three or four or five, you know. Um, I just feel happier going to bed at night knowing that I can actually, for myself, remember each moment for each of them I've given them for the day. I've That's gone, so yeah, I did this with this one, this with this one, this with this one, and that was their one-on-one time with me. Um, yeah. I just yeah. feel too much guilt if I get to the end of the day and I haven't done that. So that's just something I kind of have learnt through I guess getting older now I'm 41 but I just wish I had known that in my 20s you know like I wish I had to just realize that's that's going to be what's important because when your kids grow up and be adults they're not going to remember that you had a clean house yeah that's right and to be fair and a little bit kind on yourself too I don't think they're ever going to be 25 and say but mum didn't play with me on that Tuesday (laughs) <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I think we just get all this mum guilt going on oh, to try and do everything. <laughs> yeah. She's so mean, that mother guilt. I I try and really try really hard to just put it to the side, but, it's yeah, you do feel it. Look, I'm pretty sure that with six children you've probably had six really different birthing experiences. Would you mind just sharing with us what some of them or all of them were like for you? Yeah, well, with my first one, Josh, obviously I was 16 when I gave birth to him. So they really didn't allow me to do what I wanted to do because they saw me as a child because I was a child. So I really found that that was my most traumatic birth because I didn't have my own power. I couldn't stand in my own power, make my own choices with that birth to the point where they actually wouldn't even let me breastfeed after having Josh because almost like they were nervous that I was going to do the wrong thing through my breast milk and I feel and so they made me put him on the bottle so I had to let my milk dry up and I had so much milk. I was in the hospital for seven days. They had to, um, they made my milk dry up for me so that they could put him straight on formula because they refused to allow a 16-year-old to breastfeed. I, to this oh day, God. still, yeah, it's crazy. I, to this day, it's a, probably a regret of mine, but I was so young, I didn't know I was allowed to make my own choices sure. and and have my, I did, yeah. So that was, I guess, that part. So by the time I was ready and we had Alexis, I was 
100% in control. No one was going to tell me what to do. Yep. We did hypnobirthing. Um, we did it through the public system on the Sunshine Coast okay. um, and it was an incredible experience. We only just made it to hospital. Josh was with us. Um, Julius parked the car and I nearly had Alexis in the lift because we went to the wrong floor. Oh, and Josh, no. I remember Josh was 14 and we said to him, look, it's up to you. You can either be in the room or just be out with a book or your iPad or whatever you want to do. It's up to you. And he's like, oh, if it's okay, I'll just make the decision on the day. Sure. Because we wanted him to be around and a part of it, but not if he didn't want to because he's 14. We just, like, wanted him to make his own choice. So yeah, he didn't yeah. really get a choice in the end because I ended up birthing her in the shower. He was just there holding my hair, like, amongst oh. it. We had, we had no time to think. Julius just made it in the door. Um, anyway, so she came out really, really suddenly um, in the birth of – in the shower and I followed all the hypnobirthing practices, which I truly be- liked hypnobirthing and the whole philosophy around it because it's just about relaxation – and okay. really allowing your body to do what it's best at. Obviously, okay. we had an emergency plan. Things don't always go according to plan. Yes. Um, so you've yes. always got that stringent, like that plan of what doesn't have, what is not going to, if it doesn't work out. Well, um, yeah. But everything kind of worked out. So that went well. Um, then for Dante, we did the same thing, but we were, were at a private hospital. Um, on the Sunshine Coast. And then after that, it got really stressful. I loved birthing. The only thing that stressed me out was trying to find a babysitter for the other kids. Of what course, if I go, what yeah. If, yeah, like what if you go into labour at two in the morning, who's going to come over and watch the kids? Correct. So that was like the one thing I didn't like and that was most stressful for Julius and I is who's going to watch the kids because you can't take them all to the hospital with you. Um, So we just decided to home birth at that point. So we put a midwife on and we home birthed the final three in a water pool in our bedroom for Emmett, for Hugo and for Magnus. They were all home birthed with the same midwife. And, again, we had a a plan that if things aren't going according to plan, obviously the midwife would make that call and we would go to the hospital. But we never had to, which is good. I feel like I got very, very good at giving birth. Like I could do it over and over and over again. I was so practiced at it. I knew what to do. I knew what position I could get in. Like I really felt like empowered by that. So I think for so many women what I I think helps and what I would always, because we've got a pregnancy program and what I share with them in that is don't hand your power over to someone else ultimately it's your decision on what you feel like with your intuition and your heart on what's right for you and then put the people around you that are going to support you for that um, decision that you're making. So, for example, um, with hypnobirthing, you layer yourself. So there's me and I communicate with Julius and Julius communicates with anyone else that needs communicating with. I don't communicate with anyone else, not even the midwife. So I'm okay. in the zone okay. giving birth and he knows exactly what I want, what I need, everything like that, and he relays it to anyone else involved and I'm just focused on bringing the baby in, breathing, relaxing, allowing my body to just do its thing. So that's kind of how we did it and it worked beautifully. Um, If you understand hypnobirthing, you'd understand that whole process. Um, Yes. I just took it to the next level with home birthing and doing everything like that. So that's kind of how we had the final three. So I feel like after learning all of that over the years, I could just keep being pregnant and birthing kids. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I guess that's amazing because when you do have that empowerment for the, after the first birth and that second time around you were able to grab it with two hands and found hypnobirthing helpful for you, why wouldn't you? Like I'm pretty sure yeah. that had I not had the traumatic first birth, I would have had a lot more children for sure. Yeah. Like wanting yeah. six children and a big family, um, it does change it obviously when the experience doesn't go to plan or even slightly. Yeah, it scares you. you. Yeah. hundred percent. It's the um, number one question I'm asked actually is how did you go on to have a second baby after trauma? Which uh, Well, I had to work through a lot. I mean, Josh was yes. 14 before we had Alexis and I was afraid. Like I wasn't sure I was going to ever have any more kids. But Julius is like comes from a big family and he's like, I really, really want a big family. Yeah. What are you afraid of? And he's a very, very supportive husband. So he's like, what's, you know, what's the boundaries there around you having more kids? And I explained it all and he said, well, I'll always be there for you. You're never going to be alone you're always going to have me with, you know, helping you with everything I can. I'll help you breastfeed if you give me the milk. I'll, like, do anything oh, you need so that you don't feel like you're in it alone. Yeah. I think for so many women, so many mothers, we're just scared to be alone. The burden of dealing with everything by ourselves um, gets too much, you know, so that's kind of where the fear comes from. But when you know that you're supported and you're loved and you have that support around you, we can do anything. Yes, and finding your A-team. I think we yeah, did Yeah, that's really, critical. Yeah, Absolutely. we did it a really quick um, tips and tricks episode for the podcast called how to build your your A-team because you actually have to go out and find it and build it and invite them in. So having Julius there, he was obviously your number one fan and your number one in your A-team. So then he could help you build it as, around you as well with your midwife for three births. That's amazing. Yeah. And there's the A-team across everything. Like, so there's your your birthing A-team, but then we talk about this in our Fit Healthy Happy Mum program, which is our weight loss program and yeah. our getting our fitness back program. And I say all the time, I'm never, ever, ever going to tell you what to do because you know your body so much better than I do. I'm just in your team. You've chosen me to come into your team and support you. But ultimately yeah. the decision that you make whether it, what you put in your mouth, what you do for the day is up to you. So don't ever hand over your power to a doctor or anyone else. Yes. Um, you ultimately make the decision. The doctor you bring in, the physio you bring in, the chiropractor you bring in, who the osteopath, whoever, whoever you bring in, the nutritionist, whoever you bring into your team, they don't tell you what to do. They just support you in your goal Ultimately, you know your body and if then you don't hand your decision off to them, you it's empowering to have your own decisions and to own those decisions, whether they're right or wrong. There's never failure or there's never an incorrect decision. It's just a lesson and you just kind of yes. pivot and work out your next one. If that didn't work, whoops, that was a yes. lesson. What's my <laughs> next decision? Because we I think we're so afraid it's... of failure, you know, like we're so afraid oh, yeah. that we're going to do something wrong that we just don't do anything. And this strife of perfectionism all the yeah. time. Do you know what, Shani? We've got some listeners that have jumped into the live, which is amazing. So for those people who are listening and you've just signed in, if you want to ask a question to Shani, who is our ex, um, expert in exercise, who we're talking with tonight from Dubai, please feel free to do that and we can answer it for you. What we might do now is that obviously with six children, at some point, and I have read this, but I don't want to give it away, you've realized that you wanted to change something 
for you in your own body? Can you take us back to that moment when you went, you know what, I'm going to change this. I think I'm, re- I'm referring to when you talked about your pelvic floor in particular being a smashed yeah, egg. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, so <laughs> for me, obviously having so many kids and they were all vaginal births, yep. um, I've gone from having no feeling in my vagina yeah. to too much feeling where it's painful, like it's really sensitive and hyper painful. Uh, so I feel like I've kind of been through every journey from complete numbness, numbness where you don't feel anything anymore to also just being way too sensitive where even the thought of um, having sex or anything like that just scares me because it's painful. Sure, um, sure. So for me, what I when I felt after the my after Magnus, because it kind of got worse and worse over time and what happens with our bodies I believe, is they bounce back, they kind of bounce back, but then eventually if we're not maybe looking after them right because I'd gained a lot of weight with my first few, I wasn't really in tune with really being healthy initially, I was just going through postnatal depression and so many things we go through, that in the end your body does just give up, like it gives way and that's why our abs separation, like for example when our abs separate, they don't come back together eventually, they just are meant to but they just kind of forget and we kind of need to remind them how to do it (laughs) same with our pelvic floor that's why we pee ourselves when we giggle or we laugh or we cough um, because our pelvic floor has just given way it just can't cope anymore for whatever reason I mean we've all got different upbringings whether it through childhood or whatever things have gone on stress we all carry all this in our body from the moment that we're born even in the uterus we carry stress we carry things that go on we carry on with this so our journeys are slightly different um that's why when i say in the program with healing it can't be you'll be healed in one week it really is because it it's a matter of your mind your body and what you're doing so i'll talk about that in a second so for me um I, it gave way and I was trying all these different things, spending so much money on these different programs and these different experts and these different things, just trying to heal and Mm -hmm. nothing was working. Okay. So I felt very deflated, like I'm broken. I've had six kids and I love them, but I just felt like I was never going to be me again. You know, I didn't feel sexy and I didn't feel like where I needed to be but I really was just confused on how to get there so I was talking to Julius about it and we were like okay so we he reverse engineered it all because he's super smart when it comes to the body and thinking outside the box and he's like okay so the vagina is a muscle we get in the gym and we lift weights we do biceps we do all of this to keep our muscles strong or they're going to get weak as we get older the same thing goes for the vagina and the pelvic floor but we have babies so that kind of gets weaker a lot faster due to the impact of childbirth Mm -hmm. so we just started working around using the vagina for strengthening like using it as if we're doing weights inside the vagina um and it just started working but not only that i started researching healing foods foods that i can cut out that are not are serving me at the moment Mm -hmm. on my healing journey. It's not like I won't have them forever, but just junk foods and things like that, alcohol, things that are just bringing toxins into the body that are just going to slow down the process and I just really wanted results quickly. So I eliminated those. And then I also started to work on my mindset. If I continue to tell myself I'm broken, if I continue to tell myself I'm never going to heal, 
if I continue to tell myself this is too late and I'm beyond repair, then that's my reality and that's what's going to happen. Sure. Our mindset is so incredibly powerful. So I started to simula- like to use these three things together all at the same time and I was doing it and I was like, well, I don't have hours a day. I don't even have half an hour. I just need five yeah. to ten minutes. I've got to get this done because yeah. or I won't do it. So we um, made it really efficient in a way that we could get results Um quickly through the day, like five to 10 minutes a day, not 30 minutes, not one hour. Yeah. And so Shani, I just, can, I, yeah. can I just ask that, was Julius always into exercise already or were you kind of starting this journey together? Um, we owned a gym previously. Oh, okay. Um, yes, right. That makes sense. As we, yeah, as we, um, well, actually he was in finance and I was in radio initially. I worked oh. in radio for years and years. Um <laughs> And his background is finance, but he's all his family are doctors. So he's also been raised around the textbook, the body, every yes, bone. Yes. He knows every bone that exists in the body, every muscle, every nervous system. <laughs> like he knows everything just because that was the dinner table conversation. Yeah, um, and it kind of sticks for a kid, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so he was, his parents expected him to be a pediatric doctor and he had other plans. <laughs> He <laughs> was just going to be the pediatrician of his family, and that's yeah, amazing. it's crazy. Some you know, some parents they like have these expectations for their kids, and then your kids, yeah, yeah. Just do, your kids do what they want to do anyway. Um, so we um, then moved into doing the gym, and we had yep, a gym. Yep. And then as we started to have Alexis, we started to write books because people that were coming into our gym, we had quite an exclusive gym for people that did businesses, had businesses. They were had very successful businesses, but they weren't looking after their health. That was our target sure. market. So they were mums and dads as well. Um, and then we sold that and we were we already had written a few books at that stage. We've got 13 different books out that we've written. Wow. And we started to move all our philosophies online because I needed to get to more mums. So my passion tended to gravitate towards mums. I really wanted to empower mums to yeah. be the best version of themselves. I really believe if mums are standing in their power, being their best self, their children will grow to be their best selves. You know, they say we have a ripple effect on so many people. So that's kind of how that we went down that path um, and then we got online and that's how it all kind of began from there. Julius had to come into the gym. We were getting so busy. He left finance to come across and help me um, and us in the gym because we both were had done um, personal training courses, all that sort of stuff. Yep. So um, we moved across and started doing that initially and that was a huge success. Then we had like seven trainers working for us one of them bought out our gym and then we just started focusing online digitally. Yeah. And that's I guess very, um, that's very past. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then it's an amazing part of your journey because I think people love to know a backstory behind someone because like for myself, I have a pelvic floor that's dysfunctional. So obviously when I Google things and then you and Julius come up quite often because you've got a, a huge community of people who are um, obviously engaged in your programs and they love what you do. But for someone who doesn't know the backstory, I only get to read a very short part because even though you've got lots of awesome information on the website, as a mum, you don't have time to read it all, right? Yes. So, so you just kind of scan things. But hearing this background story, you're like, they really know what they're talking about. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not yeah. just a program that you've flipped out there like so many people do. Um, 
you've actually got a huge passion and you know exactly who you want to help and how you want to help them. So it's nice to know that story as well. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah, so I think you've kind of almost answered probably my next question is because people want to know how do you kind of how you started your programs. Tell us a little bit more about the programs and in particular our audience are women who are mothers or who have pelvic floor dysfunction. So maybe we could talk about which one of your programs are suitable for our community, if that makes sense. Yeah, so I let's talk about strong core and pelvic floor because that is the basically healing your pelvic floor so that you're not um, having incontinence problems, so peeing yourself when you giggle and you laugh and you're jumping Perfect. on the trampoline with your kids and you're peeing yourself. Um, I always left home with a pair of pads in my bag because I would have a pad yep. just in there for safety. So if I did laugh or giggle, I wouldn't be wetting myself. So, um, but it wasn't a long-term solution. It's like, am I going to do this forever? Like this is literally what an older, older, older person does. Mm -hmm. And I'm literally already there and I'm not even 40. Um, So that scared me. But Julius and I have done a lot of study and a lot of reading on all different topics. Like we love personal development. We've been to Tony Robbins together, Money and You, um, Landmark, like anything out there that's personal development we've done over the years together. We made a commitment to each other years ago that when we'd go and do personal development together and grow together and learn together um, as a couple and it's just amazing. So what I did a lot, done a lot of study and reading around healing your body with your mind so I've read one specific story that comes to mind is a guy broke his back severely bad. Every, every vertebrae in his body was broken. He was in bed. Um, he would never walk again. He was in a wheelchair. He was just recovering from the severe accident mm-hmm. and he didn't like the idea of that. So he basically looked up the picture of a spine visualized it clearly every single vertebrae and every day he would visualize vertebrae vertebrae by vertebrae each vertebrae healing itself and he did this every single day six months later he walked out of that hospital he healed his vertebrae that was shattered like it was ruined with his mind i know i know of thousands of these stories of people healing themselves beyond what people even believe possible so I'm like, okay, so if people can do that, why can't they heal their prolapse? Why can't they visualise their prolapse healing back in? Why can't they visualise their vagina lifting back up? Because my cervix, after having kids, everything sort of prolapse started falling, like everything started kind of falling down where it wasn't supposed to. I'm like, why can't I visualise everything going back to the way it was? Well, I need to look at what that looks like. What is a perfect vagina, canal, where's everything kind of supposed to sit about? I know we're kind yep. of slightly different, but where's it kind of supposed to sit? I need to visualise every day that going back to where it was. That's what my vagina looks like. It looks like that. I need to was, watch it healing in my mind every day. Um, was but that so really what, hard to find? Sorry, I just feel well, like it's really hard to find anything of an image of your pelvic floor and v- vagina where you can actually know what is what. I'm like, what is yeah, that? It's, I've <laughs> done, we've done PDFs in the program, but I agree. You can Google it, but it's kind yeah. of an approximate because I think for for you to be able to visualise it, you kind of need to have a kind of a vague yes. idea. You can't just kind of visualise a hole. You need to kind of think, okay, where's everything sit? So if you can see if you've got a prolapse, what your vagina is currently looking like um, with the prolapse and where it should be, you can visualise everything moving back to where it should be. 
Mm-hmm. Now, you do you can't just do that all day and expect it to work. You need to also do your exercises. <laughs> you need to eat healthy. You can't be drinking wine every night, eating McDonald's or eating junk food and thinking, I'm going to heal. Like you need to simultaneously have all of these things going together. But if you're doing this and then every day you're saying, I'm unworthy, I'm never going to be fixed, this is useless, this is pointless, and you're saying these thoughts to yourself, whether you say it out loud or in your head, then it's counteracting what you're doing. So it's truly critical and important if everyone listening can take this away today. If you want to heal 100%, your, what your thoughts are about yourself and about what you're doing, your thoughts and your words need to match your actions. They need to align for you to heal. But if you're doing the exercises, for example, in our program, it doesn't matter what program you're doing. If you're doing the exercises every day, you're com- committing to those every day, it's only five minutes on ours, then you're eating all, you know, eating avocado and beautiful healthy foods, you're not having overprocessed junk or stuffing your food face with food that's not serving you, if you're cutting out alcohol, you're doing all these things right. Along with that, you need to actually tell your story. So imagine a really fun way to look at it is, imagine you're you're your book. So you've got this blank book in front of you and you're writing out your life. You're basically telling the truth in advance for what's going to happen to your life. So basically if you want something to happen, say you want to meet the man of your dreams, you're single, um, you need to write down what that man or woman is going to look like. You want, you know, what colour hair, yeah. are they hairy, not hairy, are they um, non-smoker, into fitness, do they drink or not drink, like really detail out your man um, and they'll come to life. It may not be tomorrow but you can't write that down so vividly and truly believe that you're going to meet that person and it not happen in your future. I promise you this stuff works. So if you can put all of that into place, it's called law of attraction. I didn't make that up. This is a real thing. Oh, yeah, there's um, a lot about that. Imagine if you could there. do that with your prolapse, with your pelvic floor, which you can, but you can't contradict it by then saying this is not working. You need to believe 100% yourself that you will fix it. This will be fixed without surgery. I'm going to make this happen. I'm healing my vagina. It's going to be a power muff. I'm going to be able to shoot ping pong balls. I want <laughs> power it. muff. <laughs> like Sorry. whatever that looks like for you. I if love it. You don't, if you don't enjoy sexual intercourse because it's painful, because of, you don't feel sexy and you want to again, you really want to have a libido back again, which is something yeah. else that our program really helps with, um, then you need to work towards that. You can't just wish for it and then have different thoughts and actions. Yeah, that really sense do. to you? A hundred percent. And they do have to marry. Now I do also need to address that for me in particular and other women who are in our community like me, they're, they're, because pelvic organ prolapse, there's none of them that are exactly the same, right? So you've got women exactly. who might have a grade one or two who can do physiotherapy and return back to their normal. When you get down to the grade three and fours, and especially women like me who have bilateral avulsions where the muscle's being torn off the bone, I've realized that there is no amount of exercise that will reattach it and there's no amount of visualization that will reattach it, but you're you're right in what you're saying that there is a mental shift in saying this is how it is but I'm still worthy of caring for myself in every other aspect of my body right and by that is I mean that you can still be strong and fit and healthy and happy 
even if your pelvic floor is detached from its bone because I know my prolapse is probably going to be with me for a really long time until they are able to uh, create a surgery that is safe enough for me to say yes to and a lot of women are the same. So it's quite so, funny. Can I just people... interrupt you for a sec? And I, for sure. um, I appreciate what you're saying so much, but do you, do you, I'm just listening to your language around, I'll know my pelvic floor will never be the same. Yeah. The muscles disconnected from the bone, so it will never be fixed. And exercises will never help. Like just your language there, you've already given up, which is fine um... if you're happy, but you need to, like if I'm, See, my belief is very different around I've seen women heal through believing it's possible, like actually going, you know what, if someone's vertebrae is smashed into a thousand pieces and they can heal it with their mind, why can't I visualise my prolapse, even if it is a stage four, five, you know, like if it's that bad, why can't I just try? Like why can't I give it everything I've got for 12 months and just believe and see it all reconnecting. Like I, it's, if you just Google healing stories, yep, people yep. curing cancer with their mind in bed in, near death about to die of cancer and they're still living to this day. They literally died and came back to life and their cancer's gone. Like these things aren't accidents and they're not fake they're real so Mm. I just always say don't underestimate what your body is capable of and I know you're like Shani the muscles ripped off the bone you're being an idiot like (laughs) literally but that's that's your that's your belief and I'm not going to change your belief on that but I believe differently I believe you can do your body can do marvelous things our bodies are made up of energy yeah and that's not me making that up that's science why can't you heal a prolapse through the mind and through full belief that you're going to do that? It's not impossible. It's hard that we actually can't see each other because as you're talking, I'm actually nodding in agreement. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think too that, and I just want to clarify, I, I, the point I was trying to make is that even though I'm not quite obviously where you're at mentally in terms of being able to heal it on its own. And I and get I that. I, to- I, I totally get that. Yeah, I, I probably am a bit more of a black and white thinker and it's hard to believe it. What I'm saying is that I still can lead a, a really good, fulfilling, happy life even if with a prolapse is probably what I'm getting at. I still exercise because yeah. if you don't do your pelvic floor exercises, every other element that's connected in your core and pelvic floor will suffer. So that's why I keep persisting with it and I keep going with trying to improve your core and trying to do all you can with the thought that it I'm too scared to say it now. It probably won't attach to the bone. <laughs> I've just given you something else to think about. And I think yeah, I so that. many, That's you're awesome. not the only one that thinks like this is it's like it's broken. It's yes. literally the muscles ripped um, away, there's no way I can ever go back. Well, why? Why can't it go back when other people can heal themselves of yeah. worse, worse, worse situations? Why can't you over time, but you've got to have full belief around this or it just, it's like you're contradicting your mind. You're like, oh, I'll just do it, but I'm not really 100%. I don't you're think tricky. it'll really work. It won't work, but I'm just going to do it anyway. You're like, you've really got to commit 100% 
to believing you can heal yourself. And I've seen it time and time again. So I'm a big believer in I don't believe that you have to just live your life dealing with it. I believe you can cure Mm. it, fix it, and live your best life without it anymore. I love that you're like, oh, my God, I can't even process this right now. What is she (laughs) But do you know what? She's crazy. (laughs) No, not at all, Shani. I actually respect that we can actually have this conversation coming from two different angles because this is where I think women come unstuck is that they, they, they have their beliefs so ingrained that they then find it really hard to try and listen to what other people are saying. But actually what other people are saying could be worth following up. And I've just written that down because I'm like you and I love that self-discovery. You never stop learning. So now I'm going to look into that more. Yeah. Why not? So I'm just thinking, okay, so up to this point you've been like your whole thought, your whole message, your whole process is learning to live with a process, a, pro- a prolapse and right. love it anyway. Yeah. And yeah. you just, that's your thing. So yeah. now I've just said, but what happens if you didn't have to? Like what happens if literally you could yeah. heal it back to <laughs> not having it at all? And you're like, hang on, like what just, the hell? so it's just going to take you a moment to reprocess in a different way of yeah. thinking, but your current language and the way you're speaking to me, which is yeah. how yeah. most women with prolap- prolapse do. Yes. Um, and some just still to this day can't even comprehend my thought process around healing mentally as well. Like you still do the exercises, you still do what you can with your core, you're still eating healthy, but having a true 100% no doubt in your mind belief that your prolapse will be gone, you will heal it. And every day doing those visualisation exercises around that, to me, it's worth a try. But you've got to have full belief around it. You can't have one toe in the door or one toe in the water. You've yes. got to be fully committed and I, I truly believe you can heal it. Like there's no doubt in my mind, but I can't be you and I can't force you, my beliefs Correct. on you. You need to go on your own journey with that. But it, just by opening up this thought process for you and it kind of simmer, simmering in your mind, then that may change for you. And I also don't think surgery is wrong. I think some women go for surgery and I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to give you your decision for you. You, you make your decision. If yeah. you want to have surgery, do it. But you still need to do exercise. There still needs to be some form of core and pelvic floor exercises for life. Even as an right. older woman, we need to work on that stuff. Our vaginas get neglected to the point where a severe prolapse is our body giving up completely. Yeah. from us you know like we, it's really just so you've got to reheal from the inside and make a decision on how deep you're going with this how much thought you really want to put into healing your prolapse with your mind but you can't you, with also good eating exercise all of it together still That's living your life. best life with your prolapse but what happens if you could heal it completely like what if I'm asking you yeah that to f- even fathom that process is amazing because it's never been something that in your medical experience, like every professional you talk to, they never talk like that. Because they don't it's believe not, it. It's like the yeah, it's not medical doctors. I mean, I'm filled with them in our family because Julissa's family are all doctors and they think within what is science. Correct. But they don't think around Eastern medicine at all. A lot of them, you get some doctors that do, they do Western and Eastern, and yep. then the whole you know, law of the universe, the mind, the healing of the body, some of them just can't even comprehend that and some do like you just got to kind of find your a team um but the the whole law of attraction and healing your body 
with mine. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of stories out there of people that have healed from being told you're dead, you're dying in a month, you're useless, mm. you're, you'll never walk again. Like this is, this is, there's, do more it. Than, there's thousands and probably hundreds of thousands of stories um, out there. So it's not, it's got to be true. Like, you know, for me as well, um, healing myself, so much of it come from a mental belief around I wanted a strong vagina. I wanted to just yeah. know that I could isolate each area of the vagina. I could feel it strong. I could do everything the way I used to do but better. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, do you talk about this element in your program too, this mental side of things as I, well? As I the- touch on it because I don't want to freak people out too much, especially if sure. they're coming in where your headspace is yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, what is this crazy woman on about? Because you'll so wake up every day. Yeah, yeah, like in, you wake in, up um, every day. Sorry, We've go. got a private community okay. in Facebook and I do talk in there about it. Don't okay, forget great. your mental state. Uh, yep. If you're not getting results, do you believe you're worthy of results? Do you believe you can get results? Yeah. Because if you don't, you're, you're, you won't. If you believe you're going to have a prolapse forever, forever. and your muscle's going to be off forever, then it will be off forever. It's your reality. But you, imagine if you could create your own reality, which you actually can. Imagine if the way you write your story, this is just um, explaining it in a simple way is imagine every day you write down what's going to happen for yourself and it happens. You don't know when, but it will, it'll, it'll happen. So you're telling your own story in in advance of what's going to happen with your life. So what I truly believe, and I don't, it's not going to hurt. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. And it doesn't cost you anything in your story. (laughs) Your story needs to say that you've healed your vagina your prolapse is gone and it's better than it's ever and your vagina is better than it's ever been in in its life what if you told that story for yourself and what is the possibility around that happening well like you said it doesn't cost anything it doesn't just start to work on it it's like i I know i've hit you with something you're just (laughs) but you've intrigued No, you've intrigued me and that's awesome. And I knew that we were always meant to connect for a reason. I didn't know this was going to be it. I thought we were going to help (laughs) our community really find out more about your programs. But I think people, I mean, look, you've got this really cool website. There's heaps of stuff that people can find, um, especially the Strong Corn Pelvic Floor Program. But I'd be interested to know because you've got daughters, just to finish off, what age do you think we should be talking to our kids about their pelvic floor? I think um, my daughter's 11 and I haven't started yet because we haven't had conversations around sex or yep. that yep. sort of stuff. So I think every parent's different and I don't ever, I don't b- believe in judging parents on anything. Like some parents talk about the birds and the bees and sex a lot earlier and they really it's, they're very open in the family about it, but the conversation just really hasn't come up with our young kids yet. So once that does and it's an open topic, that's when I would bring in, okay, the pelvic floor side of things. But I, I'm my kids are still too young yet. So I, I truly honestly think that each parent needs to do it when they feel ready. I think it needs yeah. to be definitely a conversation, um, but whether they're doing that at 10, 15 uh, is really where each individual family is the dynamic in the family is different yeah I, I just feel like as sometimes we get so caught up 
in judging other way other people do things, especially parenting, because we have our way we do it. So, for example, I have my way I do it and when you have your own way you do something, if someone's not doing it the same way as you, it's almost like it's saying that your way is not right if they're doing it differently. And people sometimes feel a need that they need to then convince that person to do it their way because their way is right because they're doing it their way. But it, it, we're allowed to be friends, we're allowed to have friendships and we're allowed to be a community and have different beliefs around yeah, anything, that, around religion, around immunisation, around politics, but we all feel like we all need to have this same belief because then it justifies that our belief is right, but it's bingo. only a belief and it's only yeah. what works for your family. So if you just do what feels right for you in your heart and don't judge others and just allow them to do what's right in their heart for their family, we'd live so much happier as as people, I think, if we just were content in our choice. Like my, one of my best friends in my ho- whole life We've been friends since we were 13. We do things so differently. Like she drinks wine, doesn't exercise. She, We have different beliefs on everything and she's my closest friend. We just appreciate that we have different beliefs and we just don't go there to ever convince each other otherwise. So it's the same thing like this with parenting. You just do it when you feel it is right to have the conversation. I do believe you should have the conversation around these sort of things so that your kids know they can come to you with these topics. It's a really open conversation always about anything. Um, But it just you need to kind of work out when you feel comfortable to do that. Yeah, and it can be done in all different ways too. Like I ask every guest. What do you think? What's What's your opinion on that? Well, because I didn't know, and at the time when I started this podcast, my daughter was four and a half, and I was asking selfishly because as a mum, I want to know, well, if I didn't know any of this stuff until I was 35 and had my first baby, how -hmm. can I make it better for her? How can I make it like she doesn't feel blindsided like I did? I didn't even know that the difference between my bloody vulva and vagina, and I was really embarrassed about that because nowhere in our health literacy have we ever covered that. And so – I ask that question to everyone and I think now I'm getting so much knowledge and thank you because it's amazing to go, all right, well, they said that and they said that now I can make that informed decision. Like I know we've we've talked about it in other ways. Like I'll say to my kids, don't push your poo, like don't strain your poo because you will hurt your pelvic floor because we know that constipation is a risk factor for pelvic floor and prolapse, especially as kids. I then am consciously thinking, how much junk food are they eating because that makes them constipated so that you just consciously thinking about things in advance without saying too much but if they're trying to poo and they're straining we'll say oh because there's a a moo poo method to teach and there's a ucha method to poo just to try and get them to relax rather than push Mm -hmm. so hard Mm -hmm. so little seeds like that I have not I've only learned from interviewing amazing guests like you who can share that with me. And I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, I love that. I'll put that in my toolkit and I'll put that in my toolkit. <laughs> it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And also, so for we don't, we've got jade eggs that we use and yeah. I use um, and we sell for our program for people that need them. And the kids see them and they're like, mommy, what are these for? I'm like, I, I put them in my vagina and they help yep. me strengthen it, make it strong again because I gave birth to you guys and you all came out my vagina. So yep. because your head's so big and because of all the pressure in mommy's tummy of carrying you, that those little things just help me re-strengthen that area so mommy doesn't pee herself. And that those sort of conversations I'm already having. Like I don't hide things from them about that stuff. 
And um, my daughter's very aware of that. So those sort of things, definitely. It just, there's so many levels to our conversations we have to have with our kids. Hey, and then there's, why do you need to, why did your pelvic floor get broken? Well, I had, and you kind of just then just have those easy conversations, but then you go into the whole sex and there's that next conversation. It's like, okay, when am I going to do that one? (laughs) (laughs) Can you hear my nervous laugh? I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, I know. I've still got my nervous because it hasn't come up yet either. Of blush. But do you know what? In actual fact, I do want to share this with you because it came up just last month. There's a, in the, um, the Jean Hales Foundation, which is all about women and pelvic floor, women's health as well. They did a podcast for Women's Health Week. And on that, I learned so much gold. I'll send you the link. I might even add it to the show notes because there was a person talking in there on how to have the sex talk with your daughter or with your children, sorry. And I loved it. Do you know why? Because she said in there, the language we talk about with kids, how we say, you know, the penis is inserted into the vagina needs to change to when the penis is accepted by the vagina because you want it there, that consent. I was like, oh, my oh, God. Oh, that's clever. That's Where really was amazing. this when I was a kid? I freaking love this. Yeah. So I'll send me the, yeah, please share the link. Or the I details. will because I thought I a book? No, it's a, it's a podcast. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, that's cool. just goes for half an hour, and it tells you how to what to say and how to say it. And I was like, I am definitely using that because I think that's amazing. Yeah, just shifting that language, and it's so timely that obviously around consent and things like that happening. But um, yeah. Look, just to wrap up because I am conscious of your time, and I know you've got the family. To hey, get quickly that before today. you wrap up, yeah. you yeah, know, talking about constipation. Just be yes, aware yeah. as well. There's certain foods like cheese constipates you. Oh, dear. Um, yeah. You know, there is certain, I'm very familiar because obviously I do this all the time and I, and with having prolapse, like having pelvic floor issues and stuff like that, I don't like to be constipated. <laughs> of course. Cheese constipates me. Beef constipates. Also the kids, I find too much beef. Yes. Um, things like oranges are really good to soften your stool. Like there's foods oh. that are still healthy, but if you overindulge in, say, too much beef, you, yeah. it causes constipation. Um, so just, yeah, so I just kind of am aware of those sort of things as well. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Now just tell us if our listeners, because this will obviously be on the replay as well, because I know that our community are desperate to hear from your voice. I mean, I can tell them all about your program. That's amazing. But they love hearing the backstory. Where are you up to now? So what's kind of next for you guys? And then how can our community find you? Well, so we're still obviously floating around the world. So as soon as COVID opens up again, well, things kind of will go back to semi-normal, we'll start travelling again. So it's not like we're coming back and settling in Australia anytime soon as far as we know. But now we still have our programs out. We've got a couple more programs in the pipeline at the moment that we're working on. Um, We've now got our own clothing brand as well. So we do fitness clothing. I found just over the years there's certain things that leggings don't have for mum, like flattening your tummy and making you feel supported and not have like that little belly. You just want to feel sexy. Um, making your bum look nice. Is <laughs> Everyone that wants really that. Like. Um, so we created our own line of luxury legging that's affordable for mums. Because okay, I always awesome. find if you want, 
a nice pair of leggings and they make your tummy tight, they make your butt look good, then you'll charge you'll be charged a fortune for them. And it's oh, like, yeah. okay, but I need to buy my groceries. So how much what do I choose? Food for my kids or these leggings? Nice butt. Yeah. 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 So I just we wanted to create a line of clothing for mums that's luxury, high quality fabrics, made out of the same warehouses and Nike and Adidas and Lululemon. Like they're high quality stuff, but they're not in any way the same price as those. So that's what we did. And also we've also just launched um, almost 12 months ago our own supplement brand for families. So I found one stress example for um, mothers or for families is are my kids getting all the vitamins and minerals they need? Are they getting enough iron? Are they getting enough this for their brain development? Are they getting enough DHEA for their brain development? Am I, and I'm aware of what veggies do I get this through? Oh, my, kid, my kids are going through a phase they won't eat broccoli, you know, like all yes. my kids <laughs> veggies. Like there's all this we go goes through. But ultimately we just want our kids to be healthy. So our latest product we just launched is called Healthy Kids, which is a chocolate powder that's got all your vitamins, your iron and your minerals and everything a kid needs each day in these two little scoops of chocolate powder. It tastes like, you know in Australia we've got chocolate quick? Yes, yeah, Nest Quick. Nestle. Yeah, it tastes like that but it's healthy. Okay. So it's, it's, it's sweetened with monk fruit and stevia it doesn't you can't even taste the stevia my kids are obsessed with it so they helped me create it by taste because I wanted them to just be trying to sneak it all day because they love it so much (laughs) um and it's 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 just launched it's beautiful so our whole concept behind our supplements is to create healthy delicious supplements that are safe for your family and they can I wanted them you can get them worldwide, right? Yeah, we we're based internationally. Yes. Okay, yeah. fabulous. And is that all on your website? Can we find? Yeah. That on so we've got our online program website, which is shaniandjulius.com, yep. and then we have our shop, which is sandj.co. So Beautiful. you'll be able to find them on both anyway. Like they link to each other. But okay. um, I just, as you, as I told you at the beginning, Julius and I are just super passionate about families. So we were trying to look for these specific supplements like a protein powder you know like you make a protein powder for yourself or you're having a drink but your kids can't have it like you're like yeah because they can't have the ingredients <laughs> in it like it's so but your kids just want to sip you've made this delicious smoothie and you're because loving it's got it. this protein powder in it and they want some it'd be nice if you could it's a family friendly <laughs> one where kids can have it as well those sort you know, of things is- we go through that all the time. My husband's a cyclist and the first thing he does is come in, make his smoothie with the protein and the kids go, does that have protein in it? Because they know they can't have that. So I'm definitely going to try it. That sounds really cool. Yeah, and so our because- protein powder, they're, they're chocolate and vanilla. We're launching two flavours. They're vegan, but okay. they aren't. Julia said, I'm not creating a vegan protein that tastes like horse food. <laughs> so it actually tastes really good. Awesome. That is so great. And thank you for sharing and coming and chatting with us today, tonight, today, your time, tonight, my time. It's so cool that we (laughs) can still connect. Shani, it's been, I love, I love your passion behind what you're doing and your backstory makes me love you guys even more. I think if I'll put a link in the show notes for people to check you guys out and see what you're doing and then see if that program could be for them, right? Sounds good. It was so lovely to chat. I loved listening to your Australian accent. (laughs) <laughs> makes me smile so much. Oh, well, you know what? Whenever you're back around, maybe we can sit down and have a cup of one day, hey? Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Thank you, Shani. All right, nice Take chatting. Care. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. A couple of things that is really worth reflecting on after a conversation like this is, number one, I want to bring up jade eggs. 
because jade eggs are a topic of conversation amongst the pelvic organ prolapse community that is a hot topic because some people will swear by them and say that they can help your prolapse. Others in the medical field will say do not go anywhere near them because you can actually cause further damage to your prolapse. This is where making an informed decision is really critical for you because you can bring in the experts and use your A-team. You can talk to a whole range of people about what they what their experiences are and then be able to make a decision. So what I mean by that is don't simply talk to someone who uses them and says, they're amazing, they're fantastic, you should use jade eggs because you're only going to get one version. You probably need to counterbalance that with a, a pelvic floor physiotherapist who has potentially seen people use them in a not so good way and so that you can get the good, the bad and the in-between. That's what a true informed decision is, is being able to look at everything at the table and then being able to see if they work for you. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty black and white thinker. I know that about myself. So you could probably hear that, yes, I was stumped when Shani did talk about I could heal my prolapse simply by thinking that it will reattach to the bone. She could feel it too. And what I loved most about this conversation is that while we were coming from different perspectives and different experiences, the respect was still there. The level of appreciation and non-judgment on the other was really present. And isn't that magical? Because whilst I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, Shani, have you ever had a stage three, four prolapse personally? Maybe not. And if you did, would your opinion change on this? That's what I was thinking. And I'm pretty sure on her side, she was saying, hey, I've seen journeys where people have healed their spine and she's read about them and she really believes in that. So even just to plant that seed, open up that dialogue was a really great thing. And I'm so loving that we can have these conversations because women's health has always been not only shrouded in taboo and embarrassment, but it's also really hard to have conversations with someone who believes something different to you. And Shani's right. When we try and convince someone that our way is better, really, all we're trying to do is justify the reason why we do things. So if I choose not to use jade eggs, I'm certainly not going to push that onto any of you in the community not to do it because that's my personal decision. You need to find out if they're good for you and find out more information and be curious about it rather than just jumping straight in or jumping straight in and making the decision not to use it. It's the same with any type of exercise program, right? Shani obviously has a program to sell. A lot of people in our community have seen the ads on Facebook, the Instagram and the YouTube clips that show the before and after pictures of postnatal mums who feel frumpish, who have bellies, who are not, they don't recognize themselves anymore as a person. And it's not just purely weight related, it's them, their whole selves. And then they see the after photo of a toned, fit, smiling mum who people aspire to be. A couple of things I want to say about that is this. Fitness and loving the way you look is not vanity. There is nothing wrong 
with wanting to feel good and feel fit because for anyone who has been fit before becoming a mum or is on their journey to becoming fit a lot of things happen for you when your body changes because that simple movement of doing exercises and getting fitter it does amazing things for the chemical structure your endorphins in your brain those feel good hormones that you need to feel good naturally are constantly being replenished when you, when you exercise and when you breathe so it's not just about a bikini body like I would never probably wear a bikini again but continuing to do exercises is it is a it's something that I do want to look at my body and feel happy yes but it's way more than that it's about the mental effects it's about being feeling stronger and fitter and happier ultimately that's all we really want is to be happy mums to get through this really hard struggle that it is let's face it in a happier way and be present with our kids and we have talked about this in quite a few things and said to give to others to give happiness to your kids your cup must be filled up first you can't give when you're empty you can't give when you don't feel good it's really it's synthetic and it's really hard to do it so if you can look at all exercise programs sure check out shani and julia see if they work for you but there is a gamut of other ones that are probably equally just as good some might be more specific for pelvic organ prolapse some might be better just for other things what we're saying is be invested in you the message is this for you you're worth it you're worth every penny to spend on a fitness program for you to help you feel better it's hard enough living with pelvic organ prolapse but if you can strengthen every other muscle around that prolapse to support it the best way you can and give it everything you've got then your symptoms could feel better and even if your symptoms aren't that great like I've talked about mentally I'm still okay I can be okay with that and look who knows I am going to look into this because Shani did get me curious about healing with the mind right now I'm skeptical sure that's that's my honest opinion I don't know if I can do this but I'm happy to find out and I think you should too learning so much along this pelvic organ prolapse journey is that try everything try everything you can don't leave any stone unturned don't leave any corner undiscovered because even in that simple journey you can get some amazing things you can meet some amazing people i know we have certainly made amazing connections with you there in the brave mama community and i'm so grateful for that look if this episode helped you in any way please feel free to make a comment to share it with someone who you think could also benefit from it because it's all worth it the because when we know better we can do better all right so our month our weekly episodes are staying on track every wednesday and don't forget we also now added the quick tips and tricks for someone who doesn't have the hour plus time to tune into all our episodes there's a new one coming out this week on laundry so keep an eye out for that and until next time bye for now